welcome everybody to the eternal now. Um, so today we're going to talk about in detail how to go about making babies. Not really, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> so the somewhat provocative title is, uh, you know, kind of, I think uh, I've noticed a lot of people seem to have a kind of what I would consider a an imbalanced or unfair or kind of warped view of like parenthood and the idea of having children. And a lot of people of my generation seem to be like, oh, I could never do that, even if I wanted to. What do you mean? Like this kind of this trope of like for various reasons, um, oh, no, you're not, we can't do what everyone's been doing for millions of years and hence, which is required for us to have been graced with this existence in this, you know, human incarnation. So I kind of want to go through the, um, that. Um, so starting off, let's see. Uh, and yeah, I mean, well, I guess up front I'd say, you know, for many people, parenthood isn't going to be a thing. Like um, <clears throat> for some people, you know, they're just not interested in it. Uh, fair enough. Like maybe some Tesla character or something who's like some genius who just wants to totally focus on their children, their heritage, or their, their legacy, I should say, is going to be like in creations that they bring forth in some other field, you know? Um, so you don't need children to be a complete human being, you know? Um, many of the most complete human beings, like, you know, say a spiritual teacher who's, or just a spiritual sage, you know, someone who's kind of just at one with themselves and they're, they're whole, you know, they've um, integrated their mind with their soul, you know? Uh, a lot of them never had children. They're like, ah, oh, you know, don't need to, you know. So that seems, you know, fine. Um, and, you know, maybe people who are homosexual, then, you know, they could adopt children, say. Um, or if you're a lesbian, you know, you could have, uh, say, um, what she calls it, uh, get uh, someone someone else to help you out, do you a favor. Um, and uh, so, surrogacy. So... Is that the right term? Anyway, yeah, so these are possible, but, um, or they might feel like, no, not really interested in that path, you know, we have our relationship with each other, that's all we need, you know? And there'll be a lot of heterosexual people who feel that way. A lot in raw numbers, but in terms of percentages, I don't think, I think the majority of people, like, uh, who can have children probably actually do want to, I think. It's kind of like built into us. Again, I say this so many times, but like, I have said it so many times, but I think it's a useful way to think about things in terms of evolutionary pressures and processes. Like the humans who didn't want to have children, who who were happy and fine. Yeah, I don't need children. I don't need that to like that. Really, won't make me make a big difference in my my well being. Those kind of humans probably, you know, were less likely to breed. And history has been so ruthless um, and prehistory. You know, just the history of the planet that only the most adaptive for survival humans survived. So you and I are actually, in fact, descended from humans who on some level really wanted to have children and raise children. And so that actually is almost definitely, um, for most people, there's always outliers, you know, but for most people, I think having children, if it can be done right, will just be very satisfying and fulfilling. Um, of course, there's, you know, um, potholes here and there to be avoided, um, but we're going to talk about some of that. But, um, and of course, I think 
for most people, you, I think you would want a relationship where you feel like, oh, yeah, this person could be a good parent to the child and we can be happy together, you know? Um, it doesn't need to be like, you know, if someone's like, oh, you know, I'm 40 and, you know, um, you know, I haven't met someone who's like, you know, I'm, you know, uh, love at first sight or something. I think for v many reasons that's not always going to happen. It, it seems like it, it sometimes happens. But um, I think that's not required, you know. Like you can uh, grow in love, you know. Um, and, uh, and you know, and perhaps, uh, yeah, I think it's just a, you know, if, if you have two people who are compatible and um, who can love each other and, ide you know, ideally like are attracted to each other, you know, um, then, you know, you can kind of open up this new dimension through having children. And I think there's actually a lot of exciting elements to that. So um, we're going to talk about this. So let's see. First, do I need to check my notes? These seven juicy dot, uh, dot points. Um, constellation of ideas ready to be unleashed into the ether. Um, I'm not calling you the ether, but technically I'm not unleashing it into you, or am I? That sounds very intimate. But I guess into your consciousness, and you are consciousness, so all right, I guess we're, we're getting intimate. Um, and I promised this title was only figurative. Oh, oh well. Um, so, uh, wait, I can, I can think of it. It is, um, yes, a freedom versus like, so on, the, on one side, people would say like, oh, but you know, I like my freedom. Children, you know, it's like, it's going to tie you down. You can't travel as much. You have, you know, you have to work more or, or else ha just have work the same amount, but have less time and less money for yourself. And so that's good points, you know definitely need to think about that. Um, if you don't think about it and you just have children, then that's probably going to come back to bite you where it's going to shock you. And then, you know, there's a good chance, you know, it could cause problems. We'd be like, ah, oh, disappointed or something uh, or go resentful or whatever. So you want to think about it beforehand. Um, but, uh, uh, and you know, of course, at the end of the day, everyone should make up their own mind. I think only you know whether you want children, but um, I'm just saying, I imagine most people, um, do deep down, especially if you think about it enough, which is what hopefully we're doing with this episode, um, thinking it along together. Even if I'm doing all the talking, eh, it's really just the universe talking through me anyway. So we're all just listening. Um, so yeah, but there's other kinds of freedom, right? There's like, oh, I want my freedom. So I'm going to avoid all human beings, so, um, you know, so I can be totally free. So no one can influence me. It's just me. I, I'm the only one who influences me. Yeah, but then you're depriving yourself of all this social interaction, right? So that would be an example where you think you're being free, but there's actually other kinds of freedom which you're um, prevent locking yourself off from. So, for example, uh, you know, in this situation, like um, there's the kind of p perhaps by avoiding having children, some people sometimes might actually deprive themselves of happiness and um, expansion and personal growth, and they kind of um, stagnate because they thought they were, you know, kind of being free, but actually maybe they didn't realize they were depriving themselves of the, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, they're like, oh, there's a bunch of work through that door. I don't want to go through that. Like, actually, that door leads to this huge palace. Okay, whatever you like. Just a bunch of jacuzzis and palm trees and, all right, if you think it's work, fine. You don't have to go through the door. Um, 
So, <clears throat> yeah, and um, so and fulfillment, right? So freedom, you know, to be able to do what you want, and that's wonderful, you know, to be able to enjoy your life on your own terms. But um, I think um, parenting, and uh, as I've said, right, it makes sense from an evolutionary lens that we would be. Um, it's not just like we sex feels amazing, and you know, obviously to entice us to all do it to you know the humans who didn't really oh, their bodies didn't really create much of a pleasant feeling when they were having sex they would have not have bred as often and they would have um, been more likely to go extinct under all these constant pressures of history um, and there have been many civilizations have been wiped out right if you're not aware <laughs> like 99.9% um, .9 of all species ever are extinct okay and then because you know and then you know it, what happens is oh you know 70% of everything gets wiped out and the remaining 30% evolves and kind of fills in the space. And, you know, and then a bit later, there's another catastrophe and 70% of everything there is wiped out. And then 30% 30, 30 of the original 30% is now taking over and developing and spreading and, you know, diverging in different ways. This is how evolution works in business. Same thing, you know, um, big economic crash, a bunch of businesses go bankrupt, but a bunch of people who are working in these other businesses, they might, create their own business or, you know, one business might expand or so, you know, um, but nonetheless, so we're descended from these people who, um, you know, genetically would have been primed, um, um, and to want to have children and to, to be very satisfied by that motivated to do it and to feel good when doing it, maybe to feel bad when not doing it or to feel that lack. So there's that, but then also just, um, I think, it seems like uh, growing up, you know, like uh, say it's great to be, enjoy, you know, your youth and kind of go gallivanting around freewheeling and having fun. And that's all amazing. And, you know, I hope to have children uh, in the future. Uh, God willing, universe willing, uh, life willing. So, um, and I will want my children uh, to have freedom and to enjoy it. But, you know, you don't want to be like, well, if maybe you want to be like Allen Ginsberg and you just ride around on motorcycles, you know, at sixty and just you know doing whatever you want, smoking tea. Um, but uh, you know, I think most people will find that there's a diminishing return, diminishing returns on you know kind of that kind of line of living, and eventually you start to find it interesting to kind of go in a different path. Or like, just like when you're a child or oh, hang out at home is very interesting. You don't want to go off far away, really. Um, but then you get teenager and maybe you want to do it somewhat, but then you still kind of don't really want to go work and stuff. So you still pr probably most people prefer to be under the wing a bit because um, they can have freedom, have their cake and eat it too. Classic teenagers. <laughs> and then, um, but then, you know, maybe in your twenties, you're like, okay, no, I'm being under the wing actually isn't worth it. Um, I want to go off and have my full freedom and I'm going to work for it. Fine. Um, but then I think maybe thirties or wherever it's different for everyone else, for everyone, but you know, maybe it seems like thirties is often probably the general time when that kind of happens is people start to go, okay, like that's all really cool, but I want to kind of maybe build something and not just have fun, but kind of create something and kind of uh, become queen or king of my own little kingdom and kind of, um, yeah, adopt responsibility. Um, and, um, so that could be in a career, career, career progression, um, or, um, you know, family or both, you know, um, and they often go together. If you're having a family, you probably need to take your career more seriously. Um, and, well, you know, traditionally that would be the man doing that, right? Um, but uh, 
So some people say, uh, some women will, of course, decide to say, my career will be my family. That is the most important job of all, which it is, you know, making people and helping people grow, um, you know. Shout out to all the mothers of the world and through all time, including Mother Earth. Thank you, mothers. You're the best. Um, and uh, But, um, you know, many women also want to have careers. Um, uh, and so, and some men want to have stay, be stay-at-home dads, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's not too common as a percentage of, you know, the whole, you know. Um, but uh, seems to be partly the way we're wired through evolution, you know, this kind of a specialization process of, men going off and getting resources more often um, and, you know, hunting, doing dangerous things, requiring physical prowess in general, you know, um, in general, um, the male bodies are more physically strong, capable muscles um, function slightly differently, um, different type of muscle, muscle fiber or something, uh, fast twitch, I don't know, something, muscles work slightly differently, muscles generally get, get bigger um, and, you know, like say, just in general, this might, you might be aware of this, but just in case you're not, you know, um, there are like these physical differences, right? So that's probably part of the story of why, you know, um, and I'm sure it's a psychological element as well, where in general, um, and women more nurturing in general, which is required. If you're going to be patient with a little baby who's crying all the time, you have to be more compassionate and more patient. So in general, it seems like um, women are more likely to have that, which is, again, suits, say, a more domestic life. Um, so it's no, no surprise that, in general, it skews that way where men will be less likely to be stay-at-home parents. But yeah, still, there's a bunch of them who do want to do it. And so, cool. Especially with like working online, people can do that now. So, um, more than before. So, but for fulfillment, right? So, you can, you know, be at the party, you know, forever. Or, and then everyone else is gone and you're there like, oh, great, cool. Let's go, <laughs> let's go get another drink. Or you go, all right, that was really fun. Um, quit while I'm ahead. All right, not in like a fearful way, but be like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I'll come to the next party. But like, um, I think in terms of fulfillment, there's something adventurous actually about, um, say, having little children who look like you. Like, oh my god, they look like me. And probably who knows? I don't know yet. Like what that feels like. But everyone says it's amazing. Like, and it's the greatest love you've ever felt. People say that. And people who say that, I don't know if they've like experienced psychedelic drugs or um, deep meditation or whatever before. Um, but uh, and whether it is comparable to those experiences or whether it's different, um, but I um, guess I'll find out. But uh, yeah, and but they say it's really amazing and you know um, very fulfilling. Um, you it makes you grow up. So for um, growth, right? So do you just want pleasure in life? Do you just want to feel good and press happiness buttons? I don't think that's that doesn't sound very interesting. I think it's much more interesting. Like I wouldn't want just a life of pleasure. You know. A bit of pain, um, you know, keeps it interesting. Um, apart from the hedonic uh, adapt, adapt, adaptation, uh, where you know, if you you have um, you know uh, a beer every day, the first day it's oh really satisfying. Second day, yeah, pretty pretty satisfying. Third day, yeah, satisfying. Fourth day, mm, now we get two beers. Oh, now that's satisfying. And so you start to people sometimes start to need a you get used to things if you're just pressing the pleasure button. So you need to keep changing it to make it satisfying. Um, or you just don't go too far. Oh, it's not getting interesting anymore. Why don't I go do something else? Oh, that's interesting. Look, I'm playing tennis. Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, cool. And you play tennis a few more times. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Oh, maybe I'll go to the pub, have a beer with my friends. Oh, yeah, no. Balance, right? 
Um, so, um, but uh, through fulfillment and growth, like um, I think being a parent and like adopting all that responsibility, it's going to make you grow up, right? You're going to have to start caring about other people more. You're going to have to be more consistent. It's not like, oh, I just have off days and, you know, I'm just checking out. It's like, there's these like tiny little people and they can't, they can't go one day without you. You can't do that. It's like, I, I can't just disappear, like go on holiday and just, oh, you can't find me or whatever for a bit or, or you know, I go to work, but then the rest of the time I just do, do whatever I want. No, you know, unless you've got to deal with your partner where, you know, okay, he or she will kind of let you go off and do a thing if you need space or whatever and you, you know, organize that in advance ideally so you're not, it's not so sudden, but um, and in general, I think it's important to have time for yourself if you're a parent. Absolutely, um, uh, but you know there is an element there of like be aware that it's a commitment. Um, and I think that freaks people out quite a bit. But the thing is, I think the flip side of that is like uh, that's going to totally change your life. So who knows? Like, yeah, there will be negatives, and you're going to focus on negatives of like, oh, you have less freedom, but. It's, is it just going to be that? Usually life is a mix of things. So what are these positives which are going to come from that? You know, like say, for example, your free time, when you're taking care of these little people, apart from that, that's going to be very satisfying. Helping people is apparently one of the best ways to get out of depression. Quit trying to help yourself. Start helping other people. Stop, get out of, outside of the orbit of narcissism. And then you find like, whoa, helping that person really, wow, that's, that really felt really nice. Now I feel good. So, you know, and so I think helping children must be like, it's amazing. Like I've taught children, I teach children. And it's always amazing. They're so cool. And really, you know, it's, and really brings out your own inner child, you know. So it's really cool to hang out with children. And I think um, parents, they have their more, they're more in touch with their inner child because they're hanging out with children all the time. So it makes you a more balanced person, I think. And maybe... You know, on one level, it might make you more serious because you have to be more careful with life, but also it makes you more playful because you're hanging out with these little play, you know, play pranksters, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so growth, it's going to make you grow. And oh, yeah, what I was going to say is so there's all that, you know, responsibility side, but then all your free, free time, usually like the more you work, the more you appreciate your free time. So then you're like, I'm just not going to work. I'm going to barely work. You got all this free time. You start wasting it, you know, and not really appreciating it. Being like, what am I going to do? I'm bored now, you know. So I think perhaps like you're if you halved halved your free time because you're becoming a parent, perhaps you would appreciate your each unit of time twice as much. And so you would have just as much pl pleasure from your free time, except it's just more of a qu quality is increased um, proportionate to the, you know, decrease of quantity of free time, you know, that seems plausible and likely, you know, no sweet without sour, that kind of thing. And um, it seems like on balance, probably for most people, there's going to be an increase of happiness from this, you know, um, if you do it right. But I think there's a lot of pressures these days with society. So you need to kind of make sure you're not taking your lifestyle advice from the matrix, <laughs> you know, and kind of be a bit conscious about, you know, curating your own existence and setting boundaries with what is just the normal inevitable quote-unquote inevitable way of doing things um and again you know i'm not a parent so i'm just to some extent i don't know what i'm talking about here but um of course i know parents like for example i have parents believe it or not you know um and uh and i guess 
some people don't you know they have, have parents but they don't know them or they're not still alive so but in a way you'll always have your parents um but uh but yeah so but you know so uh but uh, i think i can offer perhaps a you know an interesting perspective because um you know um i haven't yet had a child but uh nonetheless um you know i'm kind of talking mostly to the people who are in my boat right you know so but anyway all right um so yeah i think p fulfillment and growth like uh, and meaning you know that's much more important than just pleasure and um you know often the people who are the happiest are actually the people who have the most meaning in their lives and the most responsibility and so by chasing happiness sometimes there's a place for that definitely you need to put your happiness you know it's important but i think um kind of if you focus on it too much it's like um uh kind of it, it runs away from you you know so um kind of the way to get it it seems is like do good things be a good person be virtuous be wise and um balanced and then happiness just comes naturally so um seems like parenthood is one kind of example of that i would say um so people next thing people say oh it's too expensive i can't afford it i'll do it when i'm 80 when i've got enough money it's like well okay future so tomorrow comes but never stays or tomorrow never comes you know <clears throat> tomorrow never comes is actually more accurate um so there's that you know and you know you don't want to just keep delaying things both like for practical things like oh you know if you get you know too old then there's more of a chance for problems with the child um uh you know but um but also um you will be older so you'll have less energy to and possibly less playfulness to deal with the child you might also be more concerned because you're like you know ah oh, you know um in general more cautious aware of what can go wrong whereas younger people tend to be more carefree and so that could actually be good for parenting to an extent a balance of you're not too uptight about things you know um helicopter parents but no 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 susie you, you stay within two meters of jamie it's like the opposite of the lockdown understand okay um and uh you know we're like well you need to give them freedom to grow so sometimes i think you know it can be fine to be have, have parent, um, children when you're older but like um uh yeah that's one thing like you know playing the waiting game too long obviously has its risks um and downsides but like it's the expensive thing in general it's like yeah that fair enough yeah i mean i don't know personally but like you know that definitely seems like that's there's a thing like it's it, um it can be it can be very expensive to have children uh or i mean you've got these new people just hanging out with you so perhaps we could just say it is expensive um and i think once upon a time it would have been perhaps less so because i think like say you know i don't know about actually in ireland or you know australia or europe in general or whatever but say in america in since the 70s real wages have been stagnant or declining so compared to inflation because they keep printing more money instead of taxing us and being honest about it you know print some more money so they can do the same thing and people aren't really aware what's going on but actually it's kind of taking away the value of all of your savings so basically it's taxing um but by backdoor means um which has the added problem of damaging the economy at large <clears throat> more than just taxation would but um anyway but uh you know it seems like the cost even though we've had all this technological innovation and 
um, which should reduce prices. It seems like people used to be able to get by on a one on one income and have a good life and buy a house. And, to, and these days people have two incomes working like, like dogs and struggle to, you know, even like get by. So it seems like, um, I would, you know, this is kind of another topic, but like, kind of like I mentioned in, um, episode 18 about, you know, socialism, I would hypothesize that the government has gotten so kind of, you know, entangled in, um, normal, civil society and, and the economy that, um, it's just, you know, a kind of perhaps with good intentions on the most part, probably, but you know, misguided, I would say, um, it, that's, it's made it harder for people to just to live and th- thus to have families. Um, it probably is more expensive now than it was in the past. Um, but, um, none and so, you know, you see people having fewer children, that kind of thing, or waiting till they got more money. But I think there's ways around it, right? So here's a, a few thoughts to fling at light speed into the depths of your starry eyes, yeah? So um, there is room for frugality. Like how much money do we waste, you know? Like, you know, oh, um, yeah, I want the thing. Okay, I'm buying this thing online. Okay, yep, buy, buy, buy. Shipping is that. Okay, fine, buy. Oh, you know the shipping thing. If you'd paid like slightly more attention, you would have noticed there was like a five euro cheaper option and you get it two days later. You know, like I always just check because I try to be frugal, not just to save money, but also because I think it's like a beautiful way to be. It's like sleek, lean, um, conscious, you know, just be deliberate with your choices and just kind of kind of put your consciousness into each thing you do one step at a time. And uh, so go, oh, yeah, I'll take it a week later and save 10 euro or whatever on shipping. Cool. Great. You know, um, and, you know, that adds up over time. Um, being like, oh, are you going to buy food out every day or oh, why don't you just on Sunday, you put on a podcast, um, preferably mine uh, or whatever, or put on some music um, and do some cooking boil a bunch of potatoes, make a bunch of rice, do all these things, do a bunch of prep. So you have a salad, um, put it in the fridge, uh, have some for dinner, whatever, put the rest in the fridge, um, make a bunch of this and that, you know, freeze some stuff if you want, but probably don't need to. But, and just say twice a week, you just cook in bulk, then you make lunch boxes. You go to work and you bring that, you know, have this really delicious, fresh, healthy food, um, saving a bunch of money. Um, that's like not really much, very difficult. Like, that's just, well, okay, you get to listen to some music or, you know, you chat with someone, you drink a bit of wine and you just cook. It's like a thing to do together, you know? Um, or you, uh, you know, you do some cooking while you're doing Wim Hof breathing to improve your, you know, your life and your health or whatever, you know? Um, what else? How else could you stop wasting money? Like, apart from just buying things we don't need um, in general um, or... You're not getting your happiness from possessions, but more from experiences and just, you know, being with people, having a good time, learning an instrument, reading books. Um, if you like, don't want to pay money on, for books, you can read a bunch of them online for free or get a library card for free and just rent them from the library or buy the books. Like me, I'm beautiful, beautiful books. Um, so I think there are a lot of ways to save uh, money. Um, 
and yeah, using clothes, you know, not needing to constantly be replacing them. And so, yeah, so there's um, many things we can do. Um, so be frugal and kind of enjoy it. Not like not to approach it like it's a bummer, like, oh, I have to do, but be like, cool. Yeah, it's like Zen. It's like stoic. It's like um, the freedom from the need for that. Like, I don't need that. I'm like, I don't need that to be happy. And being like, oh, rather than like, oh, you're like, you know, um, self-flagellating and whipping yourself. Be like, oh, I'm, I'm taking off a very tight shoe. <laughs> That's what I think Ramdas said about death. It's like taking off a very tight shoe. But yeah, you know, like say, removing yourself of the need for such, you know, pleasures, which cost all this money. Be like, see, it's like, yeah, I'm taking my shoes off. Nice. Walking around. Or like I'm taking off, you know, I'm putting down a heavy bag I've been carrying around, you know. Um, so, man, someone in the background really loves that horn. Anyway, um, and simplicity, yeah, just a simple lifestyle. Alternative living, uh, right. So, yeah, I think like say, okay, oh, but, you know, education. Okay, you could homeschool them if you want. Yeah, that's, of course, that's a big lifestyle change. But a lot of the craziness in schools recently, that might not be a bad idea. Um, uh, or, you know, it's a big decision, of course. Um, or just, uh, you know, finding things, oh, my kid wants, you know, maybe just not um, uh, helping your children understand and talking to them and just explaining to them like they're little adults, like presume that they can understand you um, and just try to explain it and be patient that, um, and make sure it will make sure that you actually know your reasons for things too. Again, that's that self-development thing. Um, growth is like, they will force you, they'll push up against your boundaries and they'll test your patience. They'll test your understanding of things of how to articulate yourself. Um, and, and your reasons for things. Um, so, and you just tell them like, Oh yeah, I know you want that toy, but you know, um, we, uh, if we, to get that toy, I would, I wouldn't be able to be with you as much. I would have to work a lot more. So would you like, what would you like more the the toy or for daddy to be around, <laughs> you know, or like get creative, say, you know, things like that or whatever, or like be like, you don't need that toy. Tickle, tickle, throw spin them around in circles, talk to them for a bit. Be like, um, do you still want the toy? Like, yeah. Okay. More tickles. Ah, or whatever. I don't know. Like I have no idea, but I, I just think, you know, say you don't need toys. Um, uh, some of it's cool. Sure. Um, a lot of things like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, they, um, I don't know about children, I guess, really. But I, I suspect it would be the same where, or like, um, because I, I know it from so many other things, say like health, or you need this for health and that and that, and it's all costs money and you go to the doctor and do this. And In general, it's, it's pretty simple. Like you sleep, just get good sleep. Um, meaning go, stop using your phone early. You know, like say if you're really having trouble sleeping, Two hours before bed, you turn off your phone um, and turn off your Wi-Fi router. So you've got no EMFs around you, right? And your computer, you know? Um, and read books, do exercise, um, sit there, you know, just um, meditate, draw, um, whatever you want, eat, eat you know? Um, go to bed, get good early-ish, get good sleep, eat healthy food, um, try to smile and laugh as much as you can. Um, uh do the Wim Hof method, um, filter your water, you know, um, get some charcoal, filter six things, just filter your, or whatever you want to do. There's many ways to be healthy where, um, you don't, it's actually quite cheap or, um, 
say like to be fit, you could go to the gym or you can just run every morning and lift a kettlebell or, or just do push-ups and sit-ups and things. You know, this, um, you can get very healthy. Or like, oh, I need to spend all this money on some big education. Yeah. Or you spend eight hours a day um, on the internet educating yourself and then you kind of make your own, you know, path with some other thing. Or um, it just seems to me that there's many ways. It seems often people are so quick to assume, oh, there's no other way. I just think that it's the so many times in life where it seems like that's just not true. So many of the most successful people, they took paths that no one else even had noticed. And um, <coughs> to be happy or to enjoy yourself, there's so many ways that don't require money that people think, oh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't um, go without my, you know, the money I have because I wouldn't be able to keep balance. But it's like, so many ways. So I don't know. I, I imagine that there'd be room for that with children. And how did people have children back in the day and have like 12 of them, you know, on, um, and yeah, there was less inflation and stuff. Um, and, and the technology wasn't advanced. Um, so, oh, sorry, no, it's less, inv <laughs> yeah, less inflation. Um, uh, and perhaps the economies were healthier in general and more sustainably healthy. But nonetheless, they'd let, you know, less advanced technology, um, you know, and often a lot of people, were, you know, they were in, you know, they weren't very wealthy. And, you know, some of them, of course, were quite poor. And so we don't want to emulate that um, by having a bunch of children, like a good Catholic, you know, and just being impoverished. Um, but, you know, I think there is a wiggle room. Anyway, all right. I think I've bled that about dry. So let's see here. Um, yeah, now, and... Uh, Here's the other thing, right? So, okay, yes, it, it does cost money, right? Um, but A, I think, you know, you're purchasing, I think you're getting more than you're paying for, right? So when you when you buy something, I'm going to buy this bottle of kombucha because that bottle of kombucha is more valuable to me than this, you know, bit of money in my hand. Um, I have other money for other things. I don't need this particular money. I want the kombucha. It's more valuable to me. I'll make that trade. If it wasn't more valuable to me, I just wouldn't make the trade. I would keep my money. Like, oh, I have almost no money. No way. I don't need that kombucha. I need this money because, you know, I need to save up for this thing. Um, the company who has, you know, you know, uh, thousands of gallons of kombucha, they will happily take your money instead of one of their bottles of kombucha. So it's, you know, mutually, um, mutually beneficial voluntary intera uh, interactions, exchanges. So with uh, parenting, if you're raising these children, yeah, it's going to cost money, but I think you can think of the flip side, like how much you're getting from that self-development. And then some other things we're going to talk about, you know, soon here, but, um, fulfillment and personal growth. Um, and, uh, yeah. So apart from, you know, I think there's room to save money and maybe people seem to feel like they have to spend all this money on this, that, and the other, or, um, but, um, and perhaps, you know, there's not much room to, maybe it's a, a unique thing and I'm naive here. Um, and there isn't as much room as in other parts of life to save, but I'd be surprised. But even so, let's even say if that was the case. Yeah, I think, you know, you get so much back that it would be worth it. And later on, you know, the traditional thing was, okay, I have a bunch of children when I'm old and the government isn't taking care of me this back in the day, you know, um, then who's, who's going to take care of me? My children. Will take care of me they love me i've loved them i've taken care of them if you, they will reciprocate in general if you are good to them they will want to give it back to you that's just the way life works you know 
And if it didn't work like that, um, I think, you know, probably things would have been a lot less stable and people would have been less willing to have children. It seems like one of those things that's just kind of programmed into us, like that actually works. And you just think about it, you know, I love my grandmas, you know, you know, don't we all love our parents? Well, not everyone, I guess, but, and th we'll talk about this in a bit, that, um, where trauma and um, misunderstandings and um, failures <clears throat> um, and a lack of connection or resonance between parents and children can cause problems. But in general, I think um, most children want to take care of their parents um, and they love them, you know, and they really, you know, more than anything, you know, they appreciate how much they received from them, as I do from my parents, who are wonderful. Thank you, mum and dad. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and so I think in a way, this is, it's an investment, <laughs> you know, it can, can sound crude, but hey, let's put it out like that way, just to talk to people who are maybe the most cynical. Um, you hear me, Brad? <laughs> um, is uh, that, yeah, like uh, when you're older, um, you will, as you're getting older, you'll have people who always, who will be able to, maybe not always hang out, but they will want to see you at Christmas. You're not just alone at Christmas. Everyone else is with their family. You know, what are you doing? Well, you have a family. That's cool. You have people to hang out with and, you know, celebrate and who recognize you and know your story and where you're going, where you've been. And that's cool. Um, and, uh, and then as you're getting older, you know, um, if you need help, people who, who will help you you know, or are likely to help you. Um, and uh, so, and I don't intend to be like, you know, leeching off anyone. I want to be self-sufficient as long as I can. But um, I'm very happy to, you know, um, take what whatever help I need um, from any who are willing to give it because I've given them so much and loved them, you know. And I think that's a natural thing. And, you know, elders can always offer... Um, if they've been living their life, you know, seeking wisdom, they're going to have some wisdom to share, you know? And so that's what you can offer. That's what traditionally the elders offered is consciousness and guidance and wisdom. While, you know, you have the, the you know, 20 year old, you know, dude who, who knows nothing working and, you know, being able to do that. But then we're like, Oh, um, this complex social situation, you're thinking this is the right thing. Have you thought about it from this angle? Like, damn, how do you think of this stuff, grandma, you know? So I think, um, yeah, there's a beautiful synergy that can happen there um, where it's an investment for you to have children and then grandchildren and then they will be around you and that's beneficial for various reasons, emotional, pr practical, many things. Um, but then uh, also, yeah, it's, it's good for you both for um, your development keeping you kind of fresh um, and them for you're, you're helping them accelerate their learning. They can avoid problems because you can tell them, Hey, I've been through that situation you're walking into. Be aware this might happen. If it does, I would suggest doing this, but you could do that. Okay. Thanks. So you can kind of pass down hand drawn maps of the terrain because you've already passed through it. Um, also uh, uh, a little uh, wee Irish fella called Killian uh uh, he was telling me that, uh, you know, you get, when you've got like an older dog, if you get like puppies, they will kind of um, extend the lifespan of the older dog because the puppies are like manic and crazy and running around and they will kind of keep the older dog young because um, they will help them, you know, they'll have to move around and play with them a bit. Oh, okay, fine, fine, pl I'll play with you and kind of keep them alert and awake. Um, and, um, but also like, you know, 
yeah, I guess moving and awake and kind of and yeah, inspired by you know, we kind of get affected by those who we come into contact with. There's a certain resonance and a mutual uh, exchange of influence. So it seems like that happens with parents and children, but also, you know, grandparents and grandchildren. And so that's, again, something great that you can have in your life if you choose to take the path of parenthood. Um, again, you know, you don't need it. I'm sure, there's many ways to be happy without it, but it's a thing that maybe doesn't get mentioned that much. So we're here to try to give a balanced view of things, you know. Um, so what else? All right. Uh, suffering and trauma. Mm. Okay. Let's take a sip of water while we think about how dark our hearts are. <clears throat> mm. All right. So yeah. Um, okay. So life is full of suffering and trauma. That is true. And so some people say, um, I don't want to have children. Because how could I bring them into a world like this? It's so terrible. It's so dark, and there's so many problems, and who knows what's going to happen in the future? And I, I, you know, I can't justify that. I think partly that might be a sleight of hand where people might be using that as a high brow sounding excuse for like you know maybe fear of commitment to someone, or um, for fear of responsibility, or fear of giving up your own pleasure and freedom. But um, but sometimes it's genuine, you know, and people mean like. Yeah, it's a rough world, and you know I don't want to bring them into it. And they might also, and you know, then they'll have they'll experience suffering. They might get trauma, like where suffering kind of gets integrated into you, and it kind of becomes like a negative feedback loop or whatever, or like a kind of residual kind of you know gets it got its hooks into you, and so it you know impairs your ability to live freely and going forward, um, or going nowward into the present. But um. And then also the the trauma from um, or suffering caused by one's own parents um, say, well, or my parents did these, you know, weren't good to me or they did that, this bad thing or that bad thing. Or um, so, you know, un unconsciously or consciously, there might be some feeling of like, I don't want to do that to another because I'm, it's probably going to happen again. So if I have children, you know, I, I don't want to do that to them. They're probably, you know, won't get along with me. They'll have a different personality and it's just going to clash and ah. Oh. But I think... For taking that point first, like just because you clashed with your parents doesn't mean you're going to clash with your children. Um, it's actually more likely you won't clash because most people um, on the whole have a good relationship, I'd say, with their parents. Um, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been surveying people, but uh, it seems like from the people I know, um, most of them, it's like, yeah, you know, this, no, they're not perfect. But overall, yeah, I like them. <laughs> you know, I like my parents, you know, um, if not love them. Um, and it seems to be a minority who, where it's like, well, they've got some redeeming characteristics, but I don't really like them or I hate them. Um, that seems to be a minority. So stands to reason, most likely your children are going to get along with you more or less, not entirely, but that's probably good. They might kind of force you to work on your flaws and you might be able to help them work on their flaws, um, due to whatever random novelty generator, um, you know, uh, a pinball machine of genetics pumps out their brain and body, which a soul incarnates into, and kind of you have all these um, kind of multiplications of probability and distributions of you know personality characteristics and behaviors and preferences and whatnot. And um, part of that's going to be really good, and part of it's going to be yeah, more or less in the middle. Part of it's going to be imbalanced and not so good. And you can help them work on that. They can help 
you work on your own. So, but in general, it's going to be harmonious, it seems. Um, and so, and you have the opportunity, I think it doesn't need to be perfect, but it's just two steps forward, one step back, you know? Like, um, I think a big thing that we can do, which is very beautiful, a very beautiful purpose and mission through history is redeeming and releasing the trauma, the bad karma of the human race and all these crazy things that have gone back from forever, you know, even before we're human, all the trauma and things that have, you know, your siblings getting eaten by a crocodile or when you're like monkeys or something, you know, like back, way, 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 way back. I'm not monkeys, you know, but um, proto hominids or whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, you know, uh, or more recently, I mean, I'm like Irish, you know, so like the trauma from like, you know, my ancestors is significant. You know, a lot of crazy stuff went on on this island, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Um, and I think that you can notice that in the way people live, the trauma is being compensated for in many ways, you know, and kind of danced around sometimes, sometimes addressed openly, sometimes expressed, sometimes repressed. But um, it's a, a big thing. You can feel it and see it. And it's, but, you know, it's caused good things and bad things, though. So it's not – I wouldn't wish it away. It's part of, like, the, the character of this um, strain or strand of the human family. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, this trauma um, that's been passed down from your family or – and there's ways where I've got trauma from my parents – um, but I've learned as I've matured, I've learned not to judge them for that because they are just handballing it down the line from further afield. And they did a great job of not, not passing me all the trauma they were given. So they managed to give me less trauma than they were given. And I can hope to give less trauma to my children than I was given. And if most people do this, we can make progress. Some people will do the opposite. They will give the same amount of trauma or they give more trauma to their children than they were given. But if they're a minority and most of us are either um, giving less trauma or, you know, or no trauma, that could be amazing, um, to our children, then they, we can't control them, but then they have the same choice and it's a bit easier for them to, where even in a worst case scenario, if they're giving more trauma to their children than we gave them, if we give them a small enough amount, that could be actually still progress, you know? But ideally, so this is the the mission of love through time. And you, if you're having children, you have an opportunity to do this, which most people don't can't do as, as well. Because children are so dependent on you. They're so open to you. They care so much about you and they want to be like you. They want to be you and they are you. Um, and, you know, both as like the universe that we're, we're all that one, you know, but also like their, um, their incarnation, they're genetically so similar to you. So, um, they kind of are like a, a little mini me sort of thing. Um, and so we have this wonderful opportunity, this project of um, expanding love and openness and freedom and, um, and consciousness and the ability to kind of live the way we want to, we really want to, and create rather than just responding and re contracting and reacting and um, kind of getting shoved around from A to B by the mysterious... Um, uh, headbutt, <laughs> flying headbutt of bad karma that comes out of left field. Bam, you know. Um, so that's a cool thing. Um, and so you know, we don't need to. With my children, my goal is to give them no trauma if possible, 
but at the very least um, is uh, less suffering than I was given. Um, but I'm realistic and I assume most likely I will give them, I won't be perfect. I'll give them some, I'll be imbalanced as a parent in some ways, I imagine. Now I'm not focusing on that because I think you get what you think about most of the time. So you focus on the positive. You go, oh, oh, what if I spill this, I, sp I drop all this tray as I'm, you know, or I'm let's say more realistic example for if you're living in Ireland. Oh, I've got three Guinnesses in my hands. Okay, don't spill them. Need to keep them balanced as I'm walking. And oh God, don't spill it. Don't, oh, it slopped down the edge. Don't focus on what you don't want. You know, go like, okay, you're nice and steady, smooth, nice and steady. Yep, very good. Crisp, beautiful Guinnesses sliding along. All good. All right, put them down. There you go. So subconsciously, you're kind of focusing on what you want to happen. Um, but nonetheless, you need to be prepared for things. And so, um, you know, I am aware. So also, otherwise you might unconsciously start restricting and fearing things. So it's good to address the fears, but then just to focus on what you want um, most of the time. Um, so, yeah. So, but I am aware, you know, that's, I'm not going to be like, oh, damn, I failed if I pass on some trauma. So, well, you know, did I pass on less than I was given? All right, that's progress. Um, and so people, and a cool thing is people who might feel like I can't be a, a parent, um, I'm too fucked up, you know, pardon the French. Um, well, can you be less messed up or can you help your children be a little bit less messed up than you? If the answer is yes, then there's going to be a bunch of people just like you or very, very similar who have children and make them worse than themselves. So you could actually balance out that trend by having children and making them a little bit better. And, um, you might even inspire those people who maybe are in a similar situation to you, maybe economically deprived neighborhood or something. And you might influence them or even through the ether, like with the resonance, just of like the vibra physical vibrations of like, you know, the quantum field, you might influence um, positive outcomes. If you look at Rupert, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake's work on um, morphogenetic fields or whatever, people in your circle, especially your family, um, uh, who it seems like we influence each other through our actions. Um, not just, it's not just you're influenced by your ancestors, but you can influence your cousins and your siblings through energy fields because you're um, in some mysterious way, which we're only just kind of learning about. It's there's evidence that um, say, you know, if I start tr training jujitsu, it's got, um, if my brother starts doing it, then it's going to be easier for him because his family field is, has already started kind of developing that ability, which is pretty wild. But anyway, so you know, it's not all proven, but it seems like there's pretty solid evidence that something like that is happening. So anyway, but even apart from that, um, you know, I think you don't, you don't need to be perfect. You just, you need to be as good as you can be. And, um, and keep in mind, there's always going to be almost always, if, if you're even thinking about this, then for sure. And if you're even trying to be better, trying to aim up for sure, you're not at the bottom of the list. And so you can kind of tug up the average of um, human consciousness in child rearing by even if you're just, you're still, hey, you're a bit fucked up. <laughs> Again, pardon the French. Um, trying to keep this family friendly, you know. Um, but uh, if it's a bit better than you were raised, then hey, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, and um, you can, and you now is not you forever you're going to get, if you really want to, you will become a better person through time. And having children will help you do that. 
And as people, you know, say, you know, um, no one ever says, okay, now I'm ready. I'm perfectly ready to have children. It's kind of usually, or usually people don't feel like that way. They're all like, ah, oh, but that's kind of normal. It just happens. So it will help you grow. Um, you learn on the job. Um, what else? <clears throat> uh, yes. Okay. So now more in general. So the, so that's the kind of thing of like the family side of like, you know, maybe like, Oh, problems from my parents unresolved. And then oh, do I want to give that to another generation? Um, so apart from that coloring our perspective perhaps and kind of forgetting like, well, a lot of people had great parents and they love it and they're excited to do the same and pass it on. Why don't I just channel that kind of thing and just imagine I'm one of those people and just do that. And also thinking like worst case scenario, I just need to be a bit better than I was um, or aim for that even, you know, and probably I will be much better, but worst case scenario, you know, Hey, okay, I tried, you know, and that's a beautiful thing in itself. So there's that. And then also in general, like going back to the, th the first point about, oh, life's so full of suffering. How could I bring people into this dark world or whatever? A, look, there's plenty of light in the world. You may have noticed even color, you know, and um, yeah, plenty of darkness. But hey, you need light and dark to have contrast. You want to paint a picture? You need contrast. Um, oh, let's all make it sunshine yellow. I'm going to paint a sunshine yellow barn, a sunshine yellow horse, sunshine yellow mountains. Oh my God, I can't see anything, right? Yeah, you need contrast. Um, if everything's always happy, it's never happy. You know, you need um, people who you've got too much luxury, they don't appreciate it, you know. Um, so you need to have contrast. Um, and when you've got a bad day, then your first good day again is amazing, you know. Or you've been really sick and then you, you start to feel healthy again. It's amazing. So the contrast is a, a great thing. Um, and so... I don't think we want to get rid of suffering entirely. I mean, well, maybe we do, but I don't like now we, we, we wouldn't want to wish it away because it's going to be the, the mechanism by which we learn for one thing, but also, yeah, I guess it, 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 even in, in general, it's, it's part of the story. I think until we all realize we are the author <laughs> of this crazy big story, um, experiencing itself from the inside out as the universe, um, then, and who, who knows when that's going to be, uh, or if that even is what's going on. I don't know. seems like it. Um, uh, it seems like, yeah, we have a lot of story to live. Um, and uh, polarity, um, sweet and sour, is um, uh, kind of part, a necessary part of it. Um, and it's something which teaches us a lot and which is very interesting and enjoyable, actually. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's the, this basic thing of something's better than nothing, you know. I really think, uh, you know, you can say, um, oh, well, you know, I won't have children so that they don't have to deal with this difficult world. But would you really rather that your parents hadn't had you? I'm very, I mean, even I've had some very dark um, times in my life, some of them lasting kind of years where like, um, well, the darkest point was like a few years probably where I was just kind of not really comfortable with my own skin and had pretty, you know, significant, you could call it depression, anxiety. I think that'd be pretty accurate. Um, and, uh, you know, despair, despondency, uh, you know, just getting lost in your mind and taking things too seriously and um, losing hope, whatever, and losing touch with yourself and with love um, and other people. 
feeling disconnected from others, all these kind of things. And there's, you know, many, many people having dark nights of the souls and will and have, you know, um, but, uh, I still think, um, I'm so happy to have, to be alive. And even if I was like, had some difficult life, like, you know, I was in some prison camp or something, um, like some Soviet prison camp, which was really gnarly and really intense, you know, um, and I do not wish that on anyone, you know. Um, but nonetheless, I think I would prefer that to nothing because you exist. It's beautiful. Oh, you're in a totalitarian dictatorship in a prison camp. Wow, look at the wood, the way the wood flows on the doorway there. Interesting. There's seven concentric rings of wobbly, you know, wood swirls like a little galaxy and get to attention. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And then, you know, you know, later that day before you're going to bed, just everything's been terrible. Then you're just feeling your breathing, oh, feeling your breath. I am. I am. And there's love in my heart. I can feel it because I leave my mind and here I am. Or even if I can't feel the love, you can try to evolve your, your mind and your consciousness more accurately um, to the point where you can realize that love is always here. Um, and so even in the darker situation, uh, it's meaningful and there's so much opportunity for beauty and for evolution and for love and happiness um, or at least peace and um, but happiness as well, you know, in most situations, I think maybe not all, but um, and so something's better than nothing. Like uh, I, I really wouldn't rather just disappear. And I think most people agree with that um, given that they are here. Some people do you know, sadly make the choice to, um, kill themselves. Um, and, uh, they, I suppose are feeling like something, uh, nothing would be better than something. Although I think in the end, the way I understand it is that it doesn't work. Like, cause you are the universe, you've got nowhere to go. You just reincarnate or now you're just the universe at large. I don't know, probably reincarnation, but I think the thing is, um, you are consciousness. I think, as I, I think I explained this, my point of view on it, at least in episode seven about awakening, I feel there's only one thing. It's the universe. Consciousness is here. We know that because we, we can witness it. Anyone who says it's an illusion is okay. How are you conscious? It's an illusion. Uh -huh. It seems, doesn't make much sense. Does it seems less than 50% likely, right? So consciousness is here. Everything's one The universe is consciousness. Okay. We are the universe. We are conscious. Um, how can you lose something that you are not something that you have? Right? So it seems like in some mysterious way, life is, um, eternal and we are immortal. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> um, on the good news. Um, but uh, so, um, but something, nonetheless, people, some people feel, you know, like, okay, I would like, I don't want to be here. And they try to, you know, escape um, through suicide. Um, but um, the vast majority of people um, kind of think, it's, I think it's not, there's ways to do it, which, you know, you take a bunch of pills that would be painless, you know? And so, but people don't do it. And I think there's an intuitive understanding that something's better than nothing. And this is actually, even when it's really intense, it's a great, it's an amazing thing. <laughs> it's not even an amazing thing. It is the amazing thing to be alive um, for there is nothing else. And um, yeah. And uh so I think children, like, well, I'm happy if I'm very grateful that my parents weren't, you know, like, oh, nihilistic and like, oh, it's all, 
you know, screwed anyway, whatever. We, you know, won't have kids, bring them into this. Um, and they, they had me. I'm very grateful that I'm here. Well, I feel like I want to return the favor to the universe and I want to give others the opportunity to experience the something rather than nothing. And, um, you know, and if it's like, well, I want to protect these hypothetical children by not letting them be born. Isn't that like you're killing your hypothetical children? Like, you know, how is that helping them if they're not, they're not even there to enjoy the fact that they're not there. So surely something's better than nothing, you know? So they're just, you know, again, if you don't have children, that's fine. That's great. You know, but like the argument that you're protecting them by, from some bad world doesn't seem to make much sense. You know, it's like, it seems, you know, that would be my take on it. My hot take. All right. Um, yeah. So, okay, cool. Um, um, so also it's cool. I think honoring your ancestors to some extent, like think about your great, 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 grandma and grandpa. Um, and there's probably like what a hundred of them or something, you know, um, who, if any one of them died, you wouldn't be here as you are. Isn't that insane? Any one of like the thousand people you're descended from say a thousand years ago, if just one of them had tripped off a ledge or someone had killed them or, you know, they hadn't made enough money so they didn't manage to get married or they didn't have the prospects or whatever, whatever, they got an infection, they died, you know, um, you wouldn't be here. Your your face, like this body you're in, wouldn't be here. I think, I believe your soul would be here in another body or somewhere in a, another incarnation. The way I understand things seem to work. Um, but nonetheless, you as you are, which is a kind of marriage between spirit and matter, would not be here. Um, and, you know, your life story and your family history and all these things. So we owe so much to these people who, they're not, they weren't black and white. They weren't made of um, oil and canvas. They looked just like you and me. Um, and they were living, you know, and they had normal life that was normal for them. And they strove nobly against, you know, the fate, you know, the difficulties of life and life was much harder in general in the past although they had better social bonds and um narratives of meaning in general which we're quite deprived of so perhaps in a way we might actually be underestimating that perhaps we have got it harder because we've got all this technology life's better for us yeah and people believe nothing's real and are terrified of each other maybe that's not so maybe we're actually having a bit harder than you know someone who believed everything had a meaning and life was eternal, and they had their place among their people. And yeah, they were hungry and cold, and there was tyrants around. But that was acceptable as part of this beautiful divine story. Perhaps we've actually got it a bit harder with our groundlessness. But um, but hey, it's not a competition, um, and who knows. But so honoring your ancestors, and I kind of think like, yeah, it would be so, you know, say if there's some guy or gal like... <clears throat> 500 years, a thousand years in the future, who's thinking, yeah, imagine like back in like say 2022, my, my ancestors, like say my great, 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 great granddad. Yeah. Like I wonder what, you know, he was like, he was just a normal guy, you know, he wasn't hologram. We're so used to just seeing him in the holograms. He wasn't a hologram. He was a real dude, you know, just like us walking around. Um, and if he hadn't had a children, you know, I wouldn't be here as I am, you know? Um, yeah. I feel love and affection for him and gratitude and connection and belonging and, you know, clan oneness, you know, and, uh, cool. I want to live in a way which kind of makes him proud and repays the, my debt of gratitude 
and kind of have children of my own to say thank you and pass along the good karma that he gave me by going to the effort and of raising children. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh man, I love you. You're amazing. Thank you for like thinking that. And so I like to think like going backwards, like doing that for my own ancestors, that they would be so happy if someone was kind of thinking in those terms, grateful for them and trying to kind of pass on the gift they had given, keeping them alive in a way by keeping them in mind, you know? So that's another thing. Um, so, um, okay, overpopulation. Whoa. Another sip of water might be in order. <clears throat> so, okay. So people say, oh, there's like almost 8 billion people on the earth. Um, you know, that's too many. It's unsustainable. Um, you know, we're a virus. We're screwing up the planet. We, there's too many of us. Okay, for one thing, yeah, there are a lot of ecological problems caused by humans. There's also a lot of ecological problems not caused by humans, but there's a bunch of them caused by humans. From a big picture standpoint, it's caused by Mother Nature. It's not caused by us. Mother Nature is bigger and smarter than us. She, we're her, you know, hand doing some things, but it's almost like, you know, her hand's accidentally whacking some stuff because it's not quite conscious enough. And then she's going, oh, what am I doing with my hand here? Oh, what's my hand doing without me noticing, you know? Oh, trying to bring consciousness. And it's a much slower process of through thousands of years. But, you know, we are not separate from nature. Um, in a way we are, but in a deeper way we're not, you know? Um, and uh, so, you know, take away the sunlight, take away the food, um, take away the water. Okay, we can't live without these other aspects of nature. We're totally, we're made from all the same atoms, which everything else is made of. So it's just like waves within the ocean. In a way it looks separate, but it's, it's more accurate to say it's not separate. It's just the ocean because the ocean's bigger and more permanent. Therefore, it's more ultimate. Um, so yeah, there's a wave. It's separate. True. Yeah, there's an ocean um, and the waves uh, are not separate. It's just part of the ocean. Um, both are true. One of them's more true. So um, so these problems are kind of the earth um, evolving within herself. And we our mission is to try to be her, embody her, you know, the consciousness um, of uh, love, um, wisdom, truth, goodness, um, humor, um, chocolate. Actually, no, not chocolate. So it's just chocolate's just delicious. So it kind of hijacked my mind. So we don't want thoughts hijacking Mother Gaia's mind, like chocolate just hijacked my mind. We want to um, have that clear stream of awareness of what's good and bad, right and wrong, true and false, and kind of. Um, lean towards the, the preferred path. Um, <clears throat> and that's a beautiful thing that we can do. And so, and this has happened many times through history. Um, maybe this is at an unprecedented scale perhaps. Um, but yes. So, but no, and not to, you know, we can't just, um, at the same time that that's true, we need to balance that by saying, you know, there's no excuses. Um, we can't just, you know, pass the buck. We need to take responsibility but to do that, we need to keep in mind, like, hey, give yourselves a break. You're not some dirty parasite. You give back. We give back so much to the planet. We um we do so many things. Like, I mean, we create beautiful works of art and culture. Like, look at these beautiful buildings and things. That's objectively amazing. And I'm sure the Earth is is um is pleased <laughs> with this, you know. Um, and we our consciousness is such a beautiful thing. Everything's made of consciousness, but we're at a level where we're able to realize this, that everything's made of consciousness. So in a way, we're the eyes of the body and of, of Gaia 
And so it's a beautiful sacred role. And people saying, oh, we're these dirty villains, whatever. That's just an immature perspective, um, uh, I would suggest. Um, and that actually you need to understand that um, we, are, we are waking up at the wheel, but there is still time to pull away from, you know, crashing into the ditch or off a cliff or whatever. Um, but uh, that, um, yeah, there, there, it's, it's not just us doing this. You know, the universe is bigger than just humans. People think, oh, humans are so egotistical. Uh, that's why they're the cause of all the problems. Hmm. Think about that for a little bit longer and then let's talk. Um, so, but yeah, so overpopulation. But a lot of these problems, like I talked about in uh, the episode on Mother Nature, right? It's like, um, we can fix all of them. We have all the solutions. It's just people aren't aware of the solutions. I would really encourage you. I mean, like, not to spruik my own thing, but like, go listen to it. Um, I hope I'm concise enough there. But like, there's a bunch of things or like at least uh, low hanging fruit would be... Um, there's this documentary called uh, Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground. Really amazing. Talking about how we can re reverse. Basically, it's talking about CO2. Okay. It's talking about more than that, right? So a bunch of people are skeptical about that thing. For good reason. There's <clears throat> a lot of politics involved in the science, which is very unfortunate. Um, so that's just a fact, you know. Um, so it's not quite clear exactly what the real science is on climate change. It seems to be a mix of... It's always been happening, climate change, like temperature changes you know, a desertification of some areas, reforestation of other areas, the cycles, the carbon cycle, many things, solar cycles. <clears throat> but nonetheless, um, humans also seem to be having some sort of impact, only makes sense. But anyway, setting that aside, um, this documentary basically talks about how we can regenerate the earth, including like um, with, you know, you know uh, sequestering carbon, um, and you know, um, in, in a way, but just by, um, basically planting more trees on farms, more or less bringing more, um, nature into agriculture. And, um, so really amazing, but that's just one little thing where we can totally, um, undo all this damage, not by like some huge machines, which soak up carbon or something, or by handing away the keys to our consciousness and conscience and freedom to some unelected bureaucrat somewhere, um, who all have eyes like sharks, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're, we just really care about love. Now give us your freedom so we can love you. Like, uh, hmm, interesting. Um, you sure look hungry. It must be exhausting. Uh, <laughs> um, but so anyway, point being, um, that doco is great, but in general, just look up regenerative agriculture and it's, one seems like a, a kind of silver bullet for the whole, even like, well, let's not argue about what's the cause of climate change. doesn't really matter. Actually, it is an important question, but for our the more important question is just like, um, is it true that we have all the, the tools we need to make everyone happy? People who believe humans are causing climate change. Can we, without taking away people's freedom, can we like increase the greenery of the planet basically to solve that? Yes, we can. Um, oh, people who don't believe that um, CO2 is a problem, we were doing the same thing. Also, respect everyone's freedom and make the planet more beautiful and encourage um, ecological flourishing through more species and habitat. Yes. Okay, so let's not argue like, you know, about, you know, who's got the bigger, you know, forearm or whatever. Like, uh, you know, it just, okay, look, 
there we have the solutions but people are just not quite aware you know and there's other things like fishing and okay but you can look at that episode if you want so fair enough look there are problems humans are causing but um we have the solutions and um the solution is not like get rid of all the people because all that will do is the the kindest most compassionate conscious people are the only ones who are going to consider not having children so you're just going to decrease the ratio of conscious good intention people um in the mix and then that's just going to make things worse so it actually doesn't make sense um if you think yeah okay there are all these problems the actual way to address them is to believe it or not i would say if you're a conscious person have more children um and they can you raise them well you raise them to be conscious and kind and loving and aware and intelligent and to practice critical thinking so that they can learn and modify modify their ideas and let their old self die so that a new self can be born, you know, and like, okay, I have to let go of that. It doesn't actually make sense. It turns out new information. I realized I was wrong. Um, raise our ch many children, raise them to be wise and kind and strong and brave, balanced people, basically. And then they will contribute to vote, you know, better election outcomes. So we have better leaders, um, better decisions with where to put your money. So, kind of voting with your dollars and boycotting things that aren't healthy so that they are forced to adapt or else go bankrupt. Um, better community relationships and relations, I guess. Um, uh, just across the board, they'll be part of, you know, raising the vibration of the planet and in improving the, um, uh, the collective um, snowball effect of decision-making as all these individual decisions kind of coalesce and intermingle to create the collective will of a community or a city or a country or a planet. Um, and so we actually need conscious people. I think if you, if you don't have children, you shouldn't be guilty. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. That's, that's fine. That's, I don't think you are required to, but I think if you can have children and in, so that in the next generation, we will have the ratio of good people or like not good in the sense of, you know, I think everyone's ultimately good, but, people who are practicing goodness, who are willing and able to be conscious and to not fall for primal emotions of selfishness and ignorance, but to practice and express conscience and consciousness, conscientiousness, why don't we throw in another C, um, and to, to be diligent with it, um, that's a great thing. It's a great gift you can give. So I think, yeah, the overpopulation thing also... Um, I've heard many respectable, seemingly knowledgeable and unbiased people say that it's actually a myth. The pop was it the population bomb? This book written in the seventies or something, predicting, you know, like oh, we're going to run out of resources. It'll be like Soylent Green, which was meant to be twenty twenty two, where there's no resources. So whenever someone dies, we turn them into biscuits and we eat them. Because, um, and apparently, you know, all those predictions were totally wrong. And, you know, he was, there's some famous bet where he was betting with someone else who was an economist and it, um, who was saying, you know, like basically, no, um, from a biological point of view, you might think that yeast, you put a bunch of yeast in like a little tub with some sugar, they're just going to eat it all and the population explodes and then eventually it collapses because there's nothing more. But we're not the same as that. And it happens with some bigger animals too, like rats apparently. Jordan Peterson just had a recent podcast which was made me think about this, um, kind of talking about exactly this stuff. Um who was he with? He was with Marion Tupi and some other person. Um, uh, the Age of Abundance, I think it was called. So, 
Um, he often has great podcasts, Jordan Peterson. Highly recommend him. People, he's very misunderstood, by the way. You might think he's some crazy person. He's not. He's um, amazing, actually. Very, very kind-hearted man. Not perfect. Neither am I. Neither are you, right? He's a great person, though. Check him out if you're interested. Um, so, uh, but, so they're saying, the economists were saying, actually, human beings, over time, because we have intelligence and this high level of consciousness, getting higher, still not high enough maybe compared to some of the problems we're creating, but no worries. We have this high level of consciousness. And so we are able to make more out of less. We are able to innovate and create you know, technology, cultural mechanisms, all kinds of things, art, you know, um, which can alter the flow of human behavior um, and alter the flow of nature around us, modify ourselves and our surroundings um, in order to create more abundance. So the prices of telephones have gone way down over time, um, even though we're using up the materials that make them, um, and all kinds of things. Used, you know, sugar used to be incredibly expensive. You know, apparently, you know, now what 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 it cost to get one pound of sugar like 200 years ago or something is now, or was it 500? I don't know. Um, uh, today, with that much money, you can get like 220 pounds. So how did that happen? Well, sugar has become far more abundant because we've innovated. And so that's something which maybe biologists aren't qualified to really understand <clears throat> necessarily, which is that we're not exactly the same as rats um, or yeast or something whereby, so the, the, and this economist and this, I think he's a biologist, the guy who wrote that book, um, they had this bet about, you know, f five um, resources and which um, was going to go up in value. Um, and that one you know, predicted, oh, they're all going to, become more expensive because things are getting scarcer, which underlied his hy whole hypothesis, which became very popular, very influential in the culture. So and Green, all these movies kind of coughed it up um, uh, is, uh, and entered the global zeitgeist to some extent. Um, he's saying, no, it's going to become more expensive because they're going to become more scarce. The economist was like, no, I think they're going to go down. Um, they'll become cheaper. And the economist was correct. Um, they had this big bet over it, you know. And, and in general, many people make the argument that actually um, – uh, through innovation, um, all through history, humans have gotten through bottlenecks and we find ways around shortages of resources or we make them more plentiful. And also um, through capitalism, if they become very, say oil becomes very, very scarce, we start getting very incentivized to find alternatives because they start to, oh, oil's really expensive. Oh, so we could sell something for 80% the price um, which is some other thing, and people are going to buy it because it's cheaper than this very scarce resource. And so it starts to become affordable, whereas maybe if oil is really plentiful, it wouldn't be, oh, no, selling it for 80% of the price of like the oil when it oil is very plentiful. It's, there's no way, there's no, not enough money to you know, do the investment and R&D or whatever to develop alternatives. But once it gets very scarce, and so supply and demand, less supply, same amount of demand, um, it gets pushes up the price. There's bidding wars between people who have money so only people who have the most money that keep paying more and more drives up the price. That's basic supply and demand, economics, yeah. Um, then that sends a price signal to people going, ooh, investment opportunity, ding dong, um, sustainable energy. Hmm. And also that's becoming more popular. So even apart from the fact that you can make it cheaper, even if you make it the same price as oil, but we know it's sustainable and many people you know, would um, believe it's like uh, more healthy for the planet. Um then, uh, you know, you it's even easier to you know compete with that, and so it drives innovation, right? Now we are talking about 
um, parenting. Okay. But the point being, there's a big thing. People think like, oh no, you know, you, we, we can't, we're a virus. You know, we, the fewer people, the better, you know, um, <laughs> you first, no, not you, not you first. That's just a joke. Um, but, uh, so yeah. And so I think actually it seems like there's a very credible argument. I don't know the details. I don't know who's right, but there's a very credible argument that, um, and, and I think having children doesn't hinge on this, right? But this is an important point to make. But uh, the very credible argument that actually it's a myth. The, the earth can sustain more people. Um, and we don't know how much it can sustain. But at this time in history, maybe in a thousand years with technology, we'll be able to have like 50 billion people. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll have little colonies around the place. And maybe we'll be really cool and beautiful. And they'll be really just like these awesome temple things. And it'll be a totally different culture to now. Just like the Stone Age is different to us now. Maybe we won't have plastic trash everywhere. It'll be like, we've just got these beautiful spherical hanging gardens of Babylon, little like, you know, hanging out on all these moons of Saturn and whatnot. And, you know, we just, it takes half an hour to travel back to the earth and we're just chilling and everyone's happy and beautiful. Who knows what it's going to be like in a thousand years with exponential developments of technology and culture, you know? Um, so, and consciousness. But, uh, so, but like, it seems like even in the nearer term, right? Say the next 50 years, the idea that um, we're, the planet can't sustain us, it seems like that wasn't based, as far as I can tell, I could be wrong, but it seems like it's, it was based, it's not like based on hard evidence. And actually um, there's good reason to think that it's not true um, and that we, we can have more people. But, so the problem isn't overpopulation, but the problem is deforestation. The problem is, um, industrial agriculture rather than regenerative agriculture, which can be done at scale. You know, we don't need to go back to peasantry or something, but so it seems like there are many ways forward while continuing to have the population growing if we want, you know? Um, and so that's one thing to keep in mind. It's not, I think the main thing for there would be to keep it as we can't jump to a conclusion. Oh yeah, there's too many people. People presume that's a fact evidence. Where's the evidence? You know, like, we, I don't. I don't think we know that. I think that's a maybe, and I would be willing to say it might be true, but that's as far as I would go on that side. Um, now, um, apart from that, right? So, you. Uh, so yeah, like I kind of said, um, if if we say okay, um, let's um, not have children to help the planet and have less people. The poorest, least educated people, who no judgment upon them, right? They're our brothers and sisters. We would be doing the exact same thing if we were in their situation. Um, and basically we, we are doing that in their situation in the sense that we are them is, and they are us, you know, is they, um, the least, if we, you know, and say population um, growth is declining in the West. I think it's negative now. Um, so the most developed, most educated, most liberal countries where there's the most freedom and the most concern for the environment, which usually happens as you get wealthier, you start to care more about the environment. Um, uh, this is like scientifically shown, like uh, people, you know, their sphere of selfishness expands as they get wealthier and they start to think about more of the environment. Um, so uh, all you'll be doing if, if, uh, uh, if we are like, yeah, let's not have children for that is... Um, the, the, the percentage of people in the world who are kind of thinking about, you know, ecological sustainability will decrease. 
because you have the people who aren't pay really paying attention to it, population blooming, you know. Um, now, you could say that over time they're going to become wealthier and start caring about the environment more. Okay, but they're still having more, they're still growing their population. So that doesn't, and if, if we're all, if we've all crumbled because, you know, we can't sustain it, our populations, um, and then, you know, for security reasons or economic reasons, that's just going to be bad for us, right? Um, it's a lack of productivity and abundance if, if there's a lack of um, birth rate, you know. Um, uh, we don't know that their culture is going to go in that direction, you know. It could easily be uh, ghettos, just a huge planet full of ghettos takes over and nature's just screwed, you know. Um, uh, hopefully not, of course, but... Um, or, you know, we say, oh, we just have, you know, mass scale immigration where all these people are coming to us. But then, you know, like what difference does it make then? Because it's still, why are we waiting for that? Why don't we just get to work now and say, okay, even if we cut, try to cut our birth rates and don't have children, these other people are going to keep having children. So it doesn't make a difference. They're just going to be, become, through immigration, are going to replace us here. And keep in mind, cultures can change quite slowly sometimes. It's possible, again, no judgment, but certain cultures where they might not be thinking about the environment as much, that might have some momentum to it and it might take a while for it to change. For example, in India, many people just throw rubbish out the window, right? Like I, was, I think I've mentioned this before. I was on a train, I had some rubbish, I couldn't find a bin. I said to the friendly you know, Bangladeshi dude beside me, hey, um, do you know where, where can I put this? Is there a bin? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very friendly, takes it. Goes over to the window, opens the window. I was like, no, 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 no. And then he like looks at me like utterly confused. Like, what's wrong with you? I, I'm, just, I'm helping you out. And I was like, no, no, I took it back. And he's just baffled. Like, you th what are you talking? Like, what's wrong with you? You know. And so, I think for, from his point of view, it's like, well, everyone does it. What difference does it make if I do it? And um, and you know, maybe he's thinking, oh, it's all just, it's all just the universe. Anyway, whatever. It just doesn't matter. But you know, of course, it's very toxic for animals and things. So from my point of view, I was like, oh, that's not a good thing to do. But um, from his point of view, you know, God bless him, you know, that just wasn't something that was on his radar, right? So it is possible to have that kind of thing um, where that might take a while for that to um, become more enlightened, you know, culture, certain elements of culture from people who have been in very difficult situations. And so they haven't been thinking about the, the environment that much. People in the West or um, advanced developed countries were very wealthy, right? And hence have had the luxury to start thinking about the bigger picture a bit more. Um, I think actually we should, it, it, for the planet, it would be better if we have more children. And so, or at least, you know, don't stop having children. Um, so we can keep, you know, we know for sure we will have the ability to teach them the, our, what, our kind of way of thinking of like, yeah, it is important. Mother nature does matter, you know, and we, we shouldn't just throw litter out the window or whatever. And, you know, we shouldn't, hate or judge people who do it but we should understand that that comes from a certain um perspective which has kind of been conditioned by suffering and difficult situations and perhaps a, a closer circle of concern and awareness um and so i think actually it is kind of beholden upon us to from my point of view to kind of um continue our like the you know the viability of like western civilization because you know it's got many flaws and stuff but in general, the, um, there's still this traditional, it's been under great attack recently, you may have noticed. But, um, uh, you know, focus on freedom and that like, you can do whatever you want if you're not hurting others. And um, this um, preoccupation with um, kind of goodness and being good, helping out, help the world be better, progress, try to move things forward, help the planet, you know, empathy, 
kindness, justice, doing the right thing, even if it's not totally always um, acted upon, this is, even if it's not the walk, it is the talk, you know? And that itself is something. In many countries, that's not even the talk. It's like, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think um, that uh, if we stop having children, it's just going to destabilize the part of the world which is very concerned with protecting the global, the health of the planet. Um, so I would say that's probably not a winning strategy. Um, and uh, yeah, so that if you think, oh, I can't have children because, you know, the planet, um, I think, I don't think it actually makes sense either. Like that, um, apart from these other things we've mentioned, like, you know, the suffering, you know, I'm saying, no, I think something's better than nothing. It's, makes sense or it's expensive like, oh no there's ways around it and you know um anyway it's an investment in your happiness and meaning and um and also you know in your older age you know it's gonna be cool fun to have people around and to interact with and see new life in your grandchildren and feel connected to the past your ancestors and your descendants and all that kind of thing and people take care of you if you need help um you know the old-fashioned pension being one's grandchildren or children you know um there's all these things, you know, but I would say, yeah, the, the whole thing about, you know, oh, we're a virus on the planet. It's like, well, we do so many amazing things, you know, um, and, um, you know, so many humans um, love animals and really try to take care of animals, you know, um, and, you know, plants and love, you know, going into nature. And so I think sometimes we give ourselves a bit of a hard time. And um, I think the solution isn't to stop having people because all that will do it will mean that we have a kind of more selfish version of humanity will kind of again that thing of the 70 percent like 30 percent being left and then that expands you know you'll just end up having the same number of people but perhaps from um you know you know people who are kind of have a different way of thinking we don't you would i would kind of feel like probably they would just naturally start thinking about the planet and we'd be back where we started from but maybe a bit further down the line maybe you know problems being a bit worse so maybe we should just do it now um but um and not try that you know, waste that time with that losing strategy. But it's also possible that we wouldn't, that a, a kind of culture would develop which isn't as ecologically um, friendly as our own. Um, it, you know, again, I would feel like that's less likely, but I think it is possible. Because, um, yeah, like individuals and I think cultures in general can kind of go down so many different paths. So we really don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if it is inevitable that people kind of have this, you know, love for mother nature and a desire to take care of her um probably though but anyway why not just you know uh take care do all these practical things we can to improve um the ecology um and understand that having children isn't um a problem if anything at the moment in the west say if you're having children you're actually buttressing the stability of your society and even civilization and it is a civilization which is at least trying to, um, although it's a very complicated process with many, um, lots of deception and conflicts of interest and, um, you know, smoke and mirrors, um, cloaks and daggers, um, nonetheless, we are trying and that's something. So I think, well, let's go have some more babies and, you know, we can keep trying, you know? Um, so what else? Uh, relationships. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say, you know, the best relationships you ever have are like with your children um, and with your family. And it seems like your romantic relationship, if you're with children, probably I'd imagine it brings it to another level where 
you're sharing this together and it brings you greater intimacy, greater oneness. You're kind of now, you know, children, you know, and say mom and dad, right? Um, then, you're, you know, there's this kind of holy trinity, this triangle of, you know, my relationship with my children, my relationship, say, with my wife for me, you know? And then there's this kind of, you know, like it's like you're coming together and almost like it's bringing you into deeper connection with humanity and your people and also with nature and with the universe. So I think it's a very natural thing which can kind of be this return to source and this grounding in in the world, which then I think can kind of allow you to have the fruition of like, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like it'll probably help you be a better person in whatever chosen way you're, you know, you've defined that like um, or feel that of like making art or helping innovate and provide goods and services to people who want or need them and whatever that is or just being a cool person and being a, a fun presence and, you know, hanging out with people or um, taking care of people, you know, whatever it is. Um, I feel like family and having children probably will, um, if you can do it right, where you're, you have a good relationship, you enjoy each other's presence. You know, if you have problems, you talk about it, you're honest and um, always honest and um, you work through them together. You ride the waves then so it's sustainable and sustainably happy. Um, and then, and you can have upon that foundation, children who you love and you teach them to kind of, you, know, you set the limit, appropriate limits. So, you, you know, and, um, but also give them as much freedom as you can and whatever, and try and help them be the best they can be. It seems like that's going to like have a feed, positive feedback into everything else you do. I think just help you be a kind of live from a higher level or, um, a deeper level. Um, so that would be my feeling about that. Um, also, yeah, as you get older, you know, like um, most people are going to have families. And so if you, even if you're like, no, I just want to hang out with my friends. Well, what if they're all starting families, you know, and you're like, um, hey, Jono, let's go hang out. Oh, I'm with the family. All right, no, no worries. Hey, uh, Hendrik, you want to hang out? Oh, I'm skiing in the Alps with the kids. Oh, okay. You know, like... Um, not like you shouldn't, I don't think you want to, you want to be aware of danger and, and threats, problems. Um, and so fear can lead us to that. So that can be useful. But in general, we shouldn't be leading with fear or following fear like as a, a life philosophy. should be like, I think, excitement, um, desire for human flourishing, um, uh, curiosity, love, joy, um, yeah, wisdom, exploration. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's just something to be aware of. Like, you know, I think, you know, many people around you are going to be having children and starting families. And so if you find someone who you're like, oh, interesting, if you're open to this, if, you, if you're not open to it, like I say, you know, this isn't for you, right? It might be good for you to know. It might be interesting for you to think about this stuff. But this is more practical, I guess, for people who are open at least to the idea of having children. Um, and that's... Yeah, um, you as you are now and your friends and everyone you know as they are now is not going to be the same. In 10 years' time, you'll be different. Will you maybe want a family? Could you imagine that in the future you might be happy to have had started a family or you might want to start one? Um, and that your friends, you know, maybe will be like different where you're like, hey, let's go hang out with my friends, but I do it maybe um, less often. and But it's maybe it's more enjoyable even because it's like that, you know, uh, no sweet without sour thing or like, um, uh, you do it less often and you appreciate it more, hedonic adaptation or 
hedonic tolerance, I think is the term. Um, uh, so, you know, it kind of seems like um, part of the picture that like it's probably quite natural um, that many people will be doing this. So if you are interested, you know, it's not necessarily like, oh, my friend's going to be hanging out over there. Like, well, might be like you bring, how about you bring all your friends together and all your kids and have some sort of crazy cult. I mean, no, not a cult. Um, you know, have like big carnival parties, you know. Sounds kind of fun. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, catastrophes. Okay. So you may not be aware, but um, life has been like obliterated on Earth so many times over and over. Like um, even um, uh, the most recent one, the big one was uh, about 12,800 years ago. Actually, maybe 16, 11,600 uh, years ago. Because I, th I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Younger Dryas period. I think it goes from 12,800 years ago until 11,600 years ago. It's like a 1,200-year period, I think. Um, and there were cataclysms at the beginning and end of it. And basically, it was um, from the depths of the last ice age. It had been getting warmer, 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 warmer. And then beginning of the Younger Dryas, suddenly, boom, plunge into the depths, the, the, the equal to the coldest part of the, the Ice Age, like 20,000 years before or whatever it was. Um, and then that continued for like 1,200 years or so. And then suddenly there was a dramatic, a lot of cata big cataclysms, um, which we can see in the geological record. And then the temperature started increasing radically. Um, and then that's the beginning of the Holocene, the modern period um where it's been quite warm um uh compared to all you know non-ice age right although we have had two little ice ages um uh during the medieval era dark ages and then later medieval era um or early modern era perhaps um anyway so that's the whole climate change thing it's gone up and down actually quite a bit but um but there, there are these catastrophes and it seems like the um these catastrophes and the younger driest period wiped out an advanced civilization this is in the the end of my uh, the gist of history episode. So if you look at there, it kind of goes into the basic details, the low hanging juicy fruit of like the lost civilization hypothesis that like your man Graham Hancock, great guy, um, uh, from what I can tell from watching him for hours and hours <laughs> and reading his books, um, you know, on YouTube or whatever watching. Um, but uh, and I met him actually, lovely man, met him twice just briefly. But um, so. Uh, he kind of has done a lot of work on this, among other people. John Anthony West, um, who's passed, um, Robert Chalk, and you know um, uh, Randall Carson, a bunch of people, other people, you know. Um, but uh, so that's a thing, right? Now, like, and it seems like um, before that, in the kind of prehistoric era, there were many catastrophes. At some point, the human race went down to I think they estimate it was like possibly as low as like seventeen thousand people. Um, or I think it might, they're not sure exactly, but, but like a really, really small number of people at some point, there was a bottleneck, which apparently they can see in the DNA record, um, from like, you know, our genes, like they can somehow figure that out. These big boffin geniuses. Um, so what I'm getting at here is there, we are, we have, um, yeah, life has been reset on earth many times over. Um, and we are just like bees are nature, but they make beehives and beavers are nature, but they make dams. They build these things and ants are nature, but they make these crazy complex hive structures. We are nature and we make Renaissance architecture, beautiful oil paintings, which convey deep emotion. 
um, Saoirse Ronan films, which will make you cry like a schoolgirl. Um, uh, beautiful, like uh, Russian literature, which exposes the depths of the human spirit. Um, uh, incredible food delicacies, which are just incredibly creative and satisfying for people to eat. Um, uh, what other good things do we do? Um, incredible, like magical kind of inventions, like, you know, the technology we can create, um, uh, the, the lives we give pets who are able, these beings who are animals and just able to live and be part of a family and they just, they get food and they just love so much space for love and just people who love and, um, and so, you know, and there's so many music, think about just the music we make, Bob Dylan, oh, let's get rid of all the humans, oh, but then there'll be no Bob Dylan, no one's going to listen to it, no one's going to be able to play it, and if he wasn't here, you know, it would have never been written, oh, actually, yeah, no, okay, on balance, that, that, that turns the tide, I guess we, we better uh, not, you know, get rid of all the humans, just because we, we do need Bob Dylan's music, um, or Bach, or whatever, you know, it's just, music is so incredibly beautiful, um, and even you play music and like plants grow better to classical music. I, I believe that's not a myth. I believe that's actually real. Um, not totally certain, but I'm pretty sure that, that is. Um, but like, you know, and animals, like if I play music, I was playing guitar to some sheep <laughs> recently. Uh, at some point, you know, I've done it in other times. And they seem to go, huh. it's almost like something in them, maybe the universal consciousness in them goes, ooh, transcendental beauty. What's going on? And it kind of, draws them in and humans are nature nature is creating all these things through us so my point here is with all these catastrophes um actually i think we have a role as uh, stewards and you know as many people have pointed out <clears throat> and argued we uh, right our rightful role is uh, stewards of the planet and to take this opportunity as instead of having some huge lizards who are like the apex predators of the planet and that's all that's going on, everything's just getting eaten and avoiding getting eaten, um, we have these kind of, you know, ruthless at times in order to, that's how we got here, it's necessary, but um, also rather gentle and um, introspective and creative um, and, you know, often compassionate and um, expansive empathetic creatures who try to take care of others and try to take care of the planet, um, that we are at the apex of the pyramid of power, as far as we know <laughs> right now. Um, and, well, I mean, you know, I think perhaps, you know, um, there are in the, the unseen realms, which, you know, uh, I would guess we're not the, the, the absolute power, um, but who knows, you know. Um, but uh, we have this um, opportunity to protect the planet, for example, by a lot of these catastrophes seem to have come from asteroids. Um, the dinosaurs got wiped out, it seems, by an asteroid 65 million years ago. It seems like an asteroid hit. There's a lot of evidence for that. There's like um, nuclear glass and platinum deposits and stuff in this kind of ashy soot layer about 12,800 years ago. Um, and so it seems like a, a lot of people, um, a lot of scientists um, are like the Comet Research Group, I think that's what I'm saying. So it's like a giant comet. I don't know the difference, meteor, comet, whatever. Um, that uh, um, this struck the Earth, or the fragments of a giant comet struck the Earth, melted the ice caps, flooded the oceans, caused huge devastation and reset the clock on humanity. 
um, and seemingly on an advanced civilization. And that this can keep happening. And so as humanity starts to awaken and as nature starts to awaken through us to this higher level of uh, understanding um, and <coughs> consciousness and beauty and um, power, you know, ability to create, um, things get reset by catastrophes where things just don't get quite go into alignment. Um, and twice a year we pass through the Torrid Meteor Stream it's like, a, I think, part of the, the meteor belt or whatever, the asteroid belt, um, and uh, twice a year. So it's kind of like someone's likened it to walking blindfolded across a highway, you know, and hoping for the best. And it's kind of incredible that we've, we've gone so long without getting struck. But this is a real danger, actually, twice a year. Um, and a lot of the big events, like Tung Tunguska, I think, event uh, in, like, Russia, like 100 years ago, and I think a bunch of them seem to have been tied to passing through it at least two times of the year. Like, um, anyway, point being, by having children, we can contribute to this project. Of, and especially having kind of children who we raise in the right way, to raise to care about the world, you know, and to, to be good people, to be the best, putting the best foot forward, leading with love, being the best um, versions of humans that we can mo uh, manage. That that's apart from all the other reasons to have children, um, from this big picture project of like this celestial perspective, <coughs> um, excuse me, if we are to be stewards of the planet, we will, you know, I don't, don't know about you, but I don't anticipate living, who knows, but I mean, I don't anticipate living in this incarnation forever, you know, and so we will need children. We will need to pass the torch on. And, Perhaps um, with our technology, we can. Um, we're very close now to being able to um, redirect and mine asteroids. So use redirect the asteroids. So you know, you go send some, a robot to land on it and send off boosters or whatever, which changes its trajectory. So it's going off, and then while it's doing that, perhaps it's got a mining operation where it mines a bunch of gold and other useful things that we can use, brings them back to the planet so that we can afford for these very probably very expensive projects of redirecting them. And so it kind of can pay itself off through, you know, um, things like this, you know, there's, um, and, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, and, you know, of course we cause, we do cause a lot of problems for the planet, but these can be rectified through, we just need to shift our consciousness and become aware that we have the solutions. Um, and I think, yeah, this is a great thing we can do. And another reason why I think, people who care about the planet, there's all the more reason to have children because you can tell them, you know, have these kind of conversations, be like, hey, you know, live your life, do what you want to do. But just so you know, you know, the way I see it and the way, you know, your mom sees it, your dad sees it, you know, like we kind of feel like it's very important to protect Mother Nature. And um, if possible, you know, there are these, it's part of what we're doing and you can do it in any way. You can contribute to society take a bit of the weight off society, you know, society is not infinitely strong, you know, it's actually, we've seen it's quite fragile, actually recently it's become more obvious. You can take some of that weight onto your own shoulders and make it a bit easier so we can send resources elsewhere because you're being self-sufficient and you're helping others, lifting us up. We'll have more capacity to kind of do all these cool things while maintaining the sustainability of this project of protecting the planet so it all life doesn't get wiped out by some horrific firestorm of meteors, which cracks the planet into. Um, and although I guess it would regrow, I think, but it'd be very slow in these, um, but to allow life to evolve past this level of the video game, 
and go, what happens when we can start to evolve through consciousness and when life can realize its, itself in this physical incarnation? And so it seems like there's this whole other level that Mother Nature is giddily waiting to get into, you know? And so that's something beautiful we can be part of. Um, right. So also on a selfish note, if reincarnation is real, if reincarnation exists, and that's the way it is, you know, um, and, you know, we die, but, oh, you're the universe. Where are you going to go? Detroit? There's nowhere to go. You are the universe, right? And if it is the case that we kind of, on some level, whether this is like a simulation, a type of simulation that we're in, like a training program, or whether it's just the way, the structure, the architecture of being, um, where life has evolved in this way where souls reincarnate um, and learn lessons again and again or whatever, however it works. If it is the case, and I would say at you know, bare minimum it's 50-50, either, well, life goes on or it doesn't. It's 50-50. I think there's logical reasons to think it must go on. And if that is the case, then there's no smoke without fire. There's a lot of people who talk about reincarnation. There's a lot of, many children say they have memories of previous lives. They go, yeah, my old family, when I lived on this island, and da, da, da. And there was a guy called Dr. Ian Stevenson who went around trying to catalog all these stories from these very young children because often they would forget it by the time they were like five or something. Somehow they would stop talking about it and seem to like stop remembering it, perhaps by just getting more immersed in their new life or perhaps just memory falling away like a dream or perhaps feeling like being discouraged by people. Like, what are you talking about? Don't be silly. You know, Who knows? But um, he went around cataloging them and he actually found evidence of like, it seems like there were perhaps some, um, quite a few correlations. I haven't read his work, but apparently there was, there was something to it where he's like, hmm, some of these look pretty strange. Like, um, And yeah, and then you have many people who under hypnosis seem to recall past lives um, saying like, oh my God, yes, like I was there. And, and some people say that there's just imagination, but... Um, other people say, you know, you know, it's like a, a real memory. Anyway, on a whimsical note, if reincarnation does exist, then you will need a happy, healthy uh, little baby body in a happy, healthy family to incarnate into 200 years from now. So you could have some children, and they'll have children, they'll have children. And if enough people are doing that, and there's a stable enough society, then there'll be a seat for you at the table when you want to be two years old again, playing with blocks and then creating some whole new story of what it means to be you or alive and to flourish like a, like a river of figurative peacock feathers guzzling merrily through uh, the, the mystical canyons of God's um, uh, brain. All right. So, um, also, you know, kids are beautiful. So, you know, uh, why not? <laughs> um, so, yeah, all right. Well, that's kind of my thoughts on um, parenthood. Not really how to do it so much, but just as this whole thing of like, you know, I guess, again, just to round it back to the, the, the beginning, like um, I think it's not everyone's thing and some people, it's good. We don't want everyone to be the same. I think, you know, it's good to have diversity and um, balance within things. And it's very, it's more interesting that way. Anyway, um, variety is the spice of life, you know. Um, but 
So I think, you know, some people won't have children and that'll be, they'll contribute to life in some other way. And not having children will actually empower them to express their best self in certain ways, you know, where they'll have more free time or et cetera. But I think many people like actually deep down would like to have children and it would bring out the best of them and they would bring out the best of these little people that they've just created. Or I would think, you know, you're creating, in a way you're creating them because you're creating these bodies and, you know, teaching them. And so you kind of cultivate these personalities. But in a way, I, as far as I understand it, there, there are souls incarnating. So in a way, you're not totally creating them. But you're kind of creating maybe the human, but not the, the being. Um, but uh, But that for many people, this is a beautiful thing which will make them really happy. And so I hope... If you're interested in this, that um, this podcast has maybe uh, open, laid out, you know, as succinctly as I could, uh, uh, some reasons to think, you know, just to put some balance into the debate of like, hmm, actually, yeah, maybe it's not so doom and gloom, and maybe actually I do want to do that. Um, and so, if we can have more beautiful lives flourishing on this beautiful planet, um, then I would say that's all to the good, and. Uh, all right, so um, now let us all enjoy the gifts of uh, of life that we have been blessed with by the gifts of our own uh, parents deciding to have us and bring us here. All right, see you next time.